Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cold Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider becoming a patron and joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash Hey guys! What? I was about to say energy, <laughs> but then you answered with energy. Energy! So wow. We need. And now we just have this as the start of the podcast. Energy! <laughs> energy! So, hey everyone, we're full of energy and we are here uh, to talk to you today about actors that we don't like for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, this is. Uh, coming uh because of my long-standing one-sided feud with leonardo dicaprio mm. uh, who of course this week if you're in new zealand is starring in a film called once upon a time in hollywood uh which you know i'm actually i'm very excited for so am i i mean we've done a whole podcast on what on, we're excited on, for yeah anticipation i don't uh, remember it let's do it again all right sure, just just in post insert the six hour podcast okay um yeah and and here and then also the three hour uh most disappointing of the first half of the just year. to catch people up on what we're talking about mm. okay so <laughs> all right. uh all right we'll leave a gap and here we are nine hours later thanks uh, for Jim, thanks for staying with us yeah thank you for coming back to this uh but what we thought would be a, a fun little exercise to do today is if we all took two actors that we don't like uh for whatever reason it and could not be- just don't like but like really can't stand oh okay <laughs> like like we're not it's, it's like i dislike a lot of people but i don't want to remove them from the earth you know wow and right, everything they've ever done sure. Well, we don't want to remove these actors from the earth. Well, we not, just not don't physically. want them to be in the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whether it's you're not a fan of their roles, you're not a fan of their acting or their philanthropy, um, mm. you, yeah, we, we all set out to take two actors and recast the most iconic role or one of the most iconic roles. Uh, so yeah. do we want to all, do, well, should we say who our first actors are? Or should we? Go, um, or should we reveal them as we? Who wants we to go first? Re- we should reveal them as we go through. Okay, so we should have organised who wants to go first. Um, oh, let's go alphabetically, and AJ, you go first. All right. Okay, so the first actor that I want to replace in an iconic role, uh, and I'll I'll say who it is, and then explain why I don't like him. Okay. Uh, and that actor, if you've been listening to Cole Popshaw or even been watching the YouTube channel before the podcast started, you will know that my least favorite actor of all time is, in fact, Jared Jared Leto Leto. Um, I don't know why I think that's funny, but I do. Yeah, that was uh, really. I can't really. Agree. I don't think we found it funny. Would be unnecessary no. would be the word I'd use. Yeah. I I like the idea. I there's something pretentious about having your full name as your nickname yeah the rock the most pretentious actor of all time well that's not entirely untrue after <laughs> last yeah, week's episode hey, the mask is slipping a little with the rock <laughs> i have to say like it is it, i mean i've been a long time rock devotee following yeah. his instagram account and 
yeah, he's straining a bit in terms of his yeah. like, oh, hey, everything's awesome and I'm awesome and you're awesome and I love everyone. It's just like, no, he really mm. hates a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But if there's one thing that Jared Leto loves. You mean Jared, uh, Jared Leto Leto? Jared Leto 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 Leto. The one thing that he loves is himself a lot. Uh, and look, there's nothing wrong with with loving yourself. I think that's, that can be yeah. healthy. In fact, I think AJ could, loves himself could, more than anyone. No, I think that AJ could stand to love himself a little more, AJ. Well, thank you very Ta- much. No, I, no, I'll no. no that's, that's like you you don't like yourself very much, and I think you should. See, mm. I think he likes himself too much. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I don't a- think I really Alexander know Alexander Jared Leto-Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I really know myself well. I need to get to know myself before I'm willing to commit to loving myself. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we, we know you and we love you. Well, anyway, look, I just think he's the most, he's got the most pretentious persona. Like his speech when he won an Oscar was like dripping with like attempted poetry. I think his, there's, there's a movie, this isn't the one I'm going to be talking about, but there's a movie called Mr. Nobody, which before I'd made up my mind on Jared Leto, one of my friends was like, oh, bro, you have to watch Mr. Nobody. It's so good. And I watched it and it's like, Ah, it's it, it's just pretentious. He is pretension incarnate, right? And um, I I like a lot of movies he's been in. I really like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, for example. Um, but I didn't really like him in it. I thought he he uh, he he played his role uh, suitably pretentiously. Uh, the only role I've really liked him in was uh, Fight Club because he gets beaten to a pulp in it. <laughs> and that was very, very cathartic to watch happen. Um, but no, the the movie that I think he is particularly bad in, and the one that is maybe a little bit controversial to start off with, is Suicide Squad. I oh, want to okay. replace Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. Now, this is not me just recasting the Joker, because that's a different podcast. That's who would you cast as famous superheroes or superhero villains i'm specifically wanting to recast the suicide squad's vision of the joker which right. is a very specific vision, so yeah right? you're still playing the character mostly the same yeah kind of thing. yeah it's yeah. not yeah i'm not just being like joaquin phoenix should have played the joker in suicide squad Heath i'm Ledger saying should have played the joker in suicide squad <laughs> yeah there yeah. you go i'm saying that the the gangster grills wearing forehead tattooed joker is who i'm talking about gives yeah. gifts of like used condoms to his castmates mm. version of the joker yeah. yeah and i i really didn't i like when when jared leto was announced as playing the joker i was like sweet like this is gonna suck and everyone was like no aj he might be good both of you i remember <laughs> Both of you told me before we we even started this podcast when I made my claim that just because he was bad, it doesn't mean there was no chance of him being good. Also, AJ, around claims of what you're going to do or what is going to be real uh, once Jared Leto plays the Joker, I think you just need to tread a bit carefully because you, for some reason, still watch movies. I'm holding you to a claim you made when uh, Jared Leto made the Joker, but I don't got cast as the Joker, but I don't hold myself to the same standard. Oh, that yeah, right. I said I wouldn't watch any movie ever again. If he was cast as the Joker, with me, yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ posted um, status and said, "If Jared Leto gets cast as the Joker, I actually won't watch any movies ever again." And you also said that if uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, wasn't called Flying Solo, you would delete Cop Option. <laughs> well, it should have been called Flying Solo. Yeah, Flying but you alone. need to work out your stakes a bit more for things that are actually quite oh, likely to get happen. Get over it, guys. <laughs> get over yourself. 
Uh, so I, one of the, the things I always talk about, I'm sure I've probably talked about on pod before that I really dislike about Jared Leto's Joker is there's that scene where he's like laid out in like the mushroom cloud of knives and he's like, the, he's doing like a snow angel. Phrasing that, yeah. yeah, it's like a snow angel of, made of knives and he's got his little laugh, laughing mouth tattoo on his hand and he does this laugh that's like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and it's the most like gaudy fake like think about obvious comparison but like Heath Ledger's laugh which is like a giddy little schoolboy you know it's like a genuine genuine laugh or Mark Hamill's laugh which is theatrical in the right ways Jared Leto's Joker to me in Suicide Squad came across as someone who wants to be remembered for something as you know wants his portrayal of that famous character to be remembered for a certain thing but he's not sure what so he's going for everything he's firing on all cylinders you know yeah he wants to be seen as a serious actor who really changed the game for the joker forever yeah yeah and made some like really bold choices that really paid off and yet he made some really stupid choices that just didn't pay off yeah so every every line he does is a bold choice (laughs) Um, yeah (laughs) so i have thought about this a lot and i am going for for somewhat of a um left of field recast and i want to say that the joker in suicide squad should have been played by 2016 macaulay culkin oh what that's my edgy take. <laughs> bold that's a bold choice aj so yeah. the main I'll, I'll get this out of the way first the main reason he comes to mind is because macaulay culkin around the same time uh guest starred in a web series pilot called drivers d-r-y-v-e-r-s you can look it up it's really good and uh in it he plays what is uh you know as as much as you legally can imply is a grown-up kevin from home alone mm. right he, he, he doesn't call himself kevin but he he like recounts the the story of home alone to this guy he's just met and it ends with him um seeing a home intruder and like abducting him and torturing him and it's very scary and at the the last shot of the episode is him doing the famous home alone face but now macaulay colgan has like really long greasy hair uh and it's it's very it's very tongue-in-cheek but it's very cool yeah i liked it i liked it a lot it was really good Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, and I think he kind of looks like Jared Leto's Joker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like in, in with, a weird way. With more authentically sunken in dark eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And so that's that's sort of like, um, that's my equivalent of like, the director picked Macaulay Culkin after he saw him in this web series you know like that's that's the inspiration for it but i genuinely think he would do a good job because there is a there is an effective element of stunt casting to it as well right like a lot of the like heath ledger when he was cast as the joker no one could see him as and it was such a random out of out of you know left of field thing but i think there's a sadness to macaulay culkin his like you know his real life story that he kind of dropped after after he was a child actor and i think did he have a drug problem what happened he, uh, he, he looks disappeared like it. for a long time <laughs> um <laughs> right yeah. i think drugs had a macaulay culkin problem uh, um <laughs> one thing as well is that you know there's the like fan theory that um jared leto's joker the specific joker you're recasting is jason todd um mm. the, the ex-robin and yeah. so um yeah, like you even have the like he used to be like a child or like teen exactly. superstar. And yeah, now totally. It's yeah. it's meta contextual. 
and and so the like and also like Jared Leto in real life is very attractive, right? He's in his is his that's part like of why 40s. you hate him so much. It is, no, absolutely. <laughs> he's the physical opposite of you. <laughs> yeah, he's glowing. My God, like tall and, and lean, and fearless. He can sing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's something there's something so pretty about the Joker and Suicide Squad that they're desperately trying to cover up. Whereas Macaulay Culkin looks like a, a greasy piece of shit. <laughs> so, he can be less like, th- Well, no, he, he might. He, I know he listens to a, to a lot of podcasts. He has a podcast. Well, and I actually really like Macaulay Culkin's, you know, revival. And I think he should be leaning into roles like this. I think he should be going for that, um, that kind of almost Steve Buscemi-esque slimy character Steve role. Steve should play the Joker. He's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> Sorry, the Connie hand. His yeah. greasy little hands. And he's just, I th- I don't know how much more I have to say. It's just that he, he and the, like the laughter he has in that driver's scene is so much better than the laughter that Jared Leto picked for Suicide Squad. And there's, there's something more authentically trash bag about Macaulay Culkin or what Macaulay Culkin could bring to the table and that Joker was supposed to be like trashy you know hashtag trash bag yeah and so you know you dye you dye his long blonde hair green you can tattoo damaged on his forehead and I think it would play better because he looks damaged Macaulay Culkin yeah 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 and and Macaulay Culkin is is kind of like SoundCloud mumble rap incarnate you know and that's what whether they knew it or not that's what Suicide Squad's Joker um, when you was going for. Were, said you were going to cast recast Jared Leto in a controversial role. Uh, I thought you were going to go for Dallas Buyers Club and actually cast a trans actor. Mm. That would make it less controversial, yeah. though. Yeah, no, but so it's, it's Jared Leto in a controversial role. Oh, right. It's, um, it's and also, me, you know, you, you could have had your chance to, you know, write, write one of history's wrongs. But Yeah, and I could have had, had a chance to get some serious, like, social justice points and be like, <laughs> I'm socially conscious. <laughs> well, I mean, you you are. You went to a protest this week. But instead, I did. Yeah. Let's talk about that next week on the RoboCoff episode. I'm saving <laughs> yeah. plenty of bits for that. Uh, all right, Jeremy, do you want to go next? Wait, right. well, what do you what do you think? Do you think it's a... Oh, sorry, I was I... just in interest of the fact that we have... <laughs> That you've used up like half of the allotted time we have to record this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's good, Jeremy. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I I completely agree with you. I think I I think that the role of the Joker should be should be played by someone who's a bit out of left field. Like, I think there's a mm. really good uh, precedent for that. And like, for, even for instance, Jack Nicholson coming in as like an Oscar winning actor and yeah. you know, like, like he's too, he's too good for a comic role like the Joker. Mm. And then Heath Ledger coming in as like a teen heartthrob, um, mm. Jared Leto coming in as someone who likes to see himself as an edgy actor with like bold yeah. choices. I think oh, totally, man. like, I, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you that actually having Macaulay Culkin coming from like, if it was his first film role since, what like Richie Rich, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 with him living like a public life, I think it it would have man that would have really also the advertising for the film. Can you imagine? Mm. Like maybe. it's a it's a good stunt cast. My, right? my my main thing is I'm not entirely convinced that he's still a good enough actor for it. Oh, <laughs> well, he's good. At, he's good in Drivers. Watch Drivers, or that he would even do it. You know, like he, yeah, yeah, he's given up acting. Like he doesn't want to be part of yeah. the. That, that that's next week when we actually ask the actors to play these roles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, nice. who's your who's your first actor? All right, so I fucking hate Jack Black. 
Like, sorry, I just, just, I, I, it's, it's, I think I've mentioned it before and everyone on this podcast is horrified, of course, because for some reason you'll, I mean, I guess Jack Black is kind of like the id for um, your sort of personal style. Yeah, um, Jack Black is like, is like kid fantasy because he's a movie star, a rock star, and now a famous YouTuber as well. And he doesn't even have to be good looking to do any of it. Yeah. In fact, if, if this YouTube, this look on his YouTube channel, I'm like, bro, trim your beard, man. <laughs> trim it on the sides. Come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just resent Jack Black. I resent mm. his whole deal. Is it because you're jealous like AJ is of Jared Leto? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I just, every time I watch It's it- worse with Jack Black, though, because he's more attainable. Like, <laughs> I, I could never be like Jared Leto. I already kind of look like Jack Black, and he's he somehow did it. Well, because he's talented. It's just musical talent, yeah. AJ. Um, right. And, you know, you know industry connections. Um, but, yeah, I, I, okay, so it's it's weird. I don't- like watching Jack Black on screen, but I really love him in real life. So I, 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 I really mm. love Tenacious D because I think that that whole vibe of almost like a satirically dramatic rock duo, like, you know, and doing stuff, it, it works because it's his own deal. Like he's writing the songs and he's it, like, he's, he's playing a character of his own invention. Yeah. The problem yeah. is that he does exactly the same thing in every movie he's in. He plays the same person. He's got that same, like, Whoa, can you believe that I made it into this movie? The, no the, way. The it's chubby so crazy. Guy. Ah, ah. Mm, and yeah. it's like, the thing is, I, I go, and, and people go, oh, well, you know, there's lots of actors who are like that. But I look at someone like, um, and this is not the person I'm replacing him in the movie with, but I look at someone like Robin Williams who can turn that kind of, and that's who he is when he's performing as him as, as himself. He's sort of crazy mile a minute, you know, thoughts going everywhere and, and can perform it. But then you look at him in serious in his dramatic performances mm. and he can totally tone it down and become someone completely different with sort of the, the genius of Robin Williams still poking through like dead poet society. You've definitely got that kind of like good morning hunting, Vietnam yeah. kind of excitement. That's kind of animating all the students, but with Jack black, he's just that dumb fun child in every, and I just, it's like he brings Nacho Libre to every performance and I, and, mm. and I'm not a fan of it and I can't stand it. Even before he, even before Nacho Libre came out, it was like that was the character he was doing in every performance. Right. So Nacho Libre is your favorite Jake Blake film because you're like, <laughs> finally, this character is like fits in the movie it's supposed to be in. No, interestingly enough, the only Jack Blake performance I can stand. Yeah. And now there's a recent movie that's come out, which has proven me wrong. And I like him in that as well. But the only <laughs> performance that I have historically been able to stand is The Holiday, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> and I love him in The Holiday. And yeah. th- there's still moments in The Holiday where like the Jack Blackishness is like coming out a little bit. And I'm yeah. like, like when he's um at the piano and he's like squiddly deedly beedly and I'm like oh fucking shut up like just ah oh, stop being so dumb like if someone oh, yeah. was doing that if someone was doing that in real life in a room that I was in I'd be like oh my god who the who the I'm, hell does that guy I'd be like oh my is? god is that Jack Flick <laughs> it's, it's the anti Jared Leto yeah um yeah yeah so he just really um, bugs me so I I, I, I want to ask that have you seen Bernie. Yeah, I was going to ask that. No? That's like Jack Black's serious role. Oh, right. It's okay. real good. Okay. He's real, real good. good but but to Jeremy's credit, that is the only diverse Jack Black role I can think of. 
Well, know, like um, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle is diverse and, 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 and this different is, and, oh, Like yeah, I true, said yeah. before, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle yeah. is the only is is the movie that proves me wrong yeah. because yeah. I loved him and like because Jumanji, it was just such a great conceit of like these people yeah. playing. Yeah. They had to play characters because they were literally being inhabited by a different person in their body. Yeah, except Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they typecast that, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, he was amazing in Welcome to the Jungle, and so like I say, I'm not. I'm not anti the possibility of Jack Black being good. Like mm. I, I love every. I, I, I watch the holiday at least once a year because we have a Christmas tradition of watching it. Um, we we have a group of friends that get together and eat pasta and watch the holiday. Um, eat eat fettuccine. Um, and <laughs> sorry, 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 not pasta. Fettuccine. It's very important <laughs> to the story that it's fettuccine. Um, That'll come back later. We have like 45 minutes to record this, and you're like, it's fettuccine. Shit. <laughs> yeah, you're one to talk. All right. So, <laughs> anyway, so I. Don't even know what Jack Black's most seminal film is. So I got you. Yeah, yes, you do. I got you guys to tell. No, because I've only watched that movie once and I couldn't stand it. Um, I got you guys to tell me, and apparently it's School of Rock. It is. It, it just is School of Rock. Okay, that's great. Good for you. Um, School of <laughs> Rock for the annoys, world. <laughs> School of Rock annoys me so much because he just. None of that would happen in the real world. Like no, no one, no one would, no one would. None of Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle would happen in the real world. It's set in a video game. It's fine. Anyway, yeah, like, people don't yeah, get the thing is, no, no, but the thing is that School of Rock is not set in a universe that like has magical properties or anything. It's it's ostensibly well, we in the normal world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And yet he's unleashed on these children and like. Absolutely. A private school, the parents would 100% have stepped in long before the, the events of the movie got to where they got to. Um, mm. Anyway, so, I mean, I don't need to go through all the things that annoy me about School of Rock because it's just exactly what I've said. He it's just, just Jack Black like the movie. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah. Jack Black the movie. Which is why it's like, so great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the I would I had I had actually um, another person to suggest, but then I realised earlier that there's an even better person to suggest to take over, and I would like to suggest that Jason Segel would get his movie break early by mm. playing the main character in School of Rock. Mm. Jason Segel. Oh, Segel, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good choice. That's a good yeah. one. Because that's I think good. he Who has your other actor? I think he has the same like childish ability to like get down on the level with children, and he's and, also a musician. Yeah, he's a musician, mm. and I think the stuff that he did with the um, the puppet musical in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall, um, and obviously the stuff he did with his penis in that film as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Probably shouldn't do that in School of Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save it for School of um, Cock. But also, you oh know, like, shit. <laughs> Um, he's, uh, and, and like he had the, um, Jesus Christ Superstar musical as well thing going on. Um, in yeah. Along Came Polly, was it? He's not, oh, but, no, oh my gosh, that's a completely different memory. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with the Muppet musical. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, but I think that he brings more of a genuine humanity to his roles rather than a performative mm. element. Do you know who... Along these same lines would be real good that I just thought of because of a long time Polly Philip Seymour Hoffman because yeah. he can he's like you know was one of the greatest actors of all time um, and I reckon he could play that like the like overweight um, schlubby kind of Down teacher that comes in but then has like a shitload of heart yeah um, Schneeble yeah 
It's Schneeble. That is a re- yeah, I really like that. Yeah, Philip um, Seymour Hoffman would have been as well. The other person that I thought of, and I'm really glad that I thought of someone else though, because I thought it was a bit of a have to just replace Jack Black with Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no, well, I would not let you have gone away with that. <laughs> um, one thing about so I, I I get your hatred for Jack Black, and I get that he like is kind of grating, but then I. Jack Black's managed to, he's got like three or four roles that are like so perfect for Jack Black and for that character. It is the whole like, he plays the same character in every film, but there are there are entire films almost that are like created around having this character in them. Mm. Like the, the main examples I'd say would be High Fidelity, which was his big break, mm. which is like the annoying friend who always just like breaks into song. Yeah. Um, and then school of rock is obviously like a big one. Um, and then even like his appearance on community is like taking the piss out of mm. the image of Jack black. Um, about how like you need like a, every group needs a chubby agile guy who breaks into song all the time. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, especially something like school of rock, I wouldn't want to erase Jack black from it but that is like you know the conceit of the podcast is like if you're gonna hate Jack Black, you have to replace School of Rock yeah I'm very happy to like because I just think you you mentioning Philip Seymour Hoffman like I think the thing that's missing from School of Rock is a genuine a genuine empathy with the character I think that audiences when you're watching School of Rock you feel sorry for him but you still think he's a dumbass like you don't actually there's nothing about the character that you actually admire or connect with early on it's just like oh he's the protagonist so i should feel sorry for him and he's jack black who i kind of think is funny if i do yeah and whereas i think that like the character should have humanity like built in in the performance as much as i love school of rock and i love jack black in that film i'm real sad now that we're never going to see Philip Seymour Hoffman in that role. <laughs> I, I think I like Jason Segel more than Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm happy that, with either, guys. Role. I'm happy with either. Just not Jack Black. Because <laughs> um, Jason Segel has a has a warmth to him that Jack Black doesn't have. Yeah. Mm. And I think that would it would have been a different movie, but an equally as good movie. And I also yeah. think cool. that there would the other thing that I was thinking of is that there's like there would be a physical humor about how much more t- like how much more massive Jason Segel is than the kids. Yeah, maybe like one of the kids punches him on the nuts or something. Oh, hilarious. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cut print it. Yeah. Um <laughs> All right. Uh so my actor is a, the great Leonardo DiCaprio um so my issues i've said this multiple times on the podcast my issues with leonardo caprio uh don't come with his oh i have a couple of issues with his like performing um but it's it's the main thing i don't like about him is that he's never not taken himself 100 percent seriously like if if leonardo caprio popped up in a judd apatow film or like did any of these kind of cameos or like took a, a role where he like kind of takes the piss out of himself. Like a Tom Cruise and Tropic Thunder. Yeah, kind of role. anything like that. I would like him so much more, but it's every single interview he does. He talks about like the form and the craft. Like, the, the thing is it, like my main issue when people say, why do you like Leonardo DiCaprio? My answer, my short answer is I, I don't, I wouldn't want to sit down and have a drink with him. You know, like he doesn't seem like the kind of person you could like run into a bar with. Some, some like Jack Black, especially like mm. you, you feel like if you ran into Jack Black, like say you want to meet and greet to Jack mm. Black, he would be just as, as excited to meet you. Whereas Leonardo DiCaprio would be like, oh, how yeah, do you feel? Like, about unless he change? had, unless he had listened to this podcast, I'd yeah. be really excited about sitting down for a drink <laughs> yeah. with Jack Black. But um, yeah, uh, and, but and Jared Leto is kind of the same for you. For you, mm. I imagine that that like yeah. Jared Leto is just like you wouldn't want to meet him or hang out with him and you, he wouldn't you know. want to meet me yeah exactly um but like leo the closest thing leo's done to what i'm talking about is um he was in that little dicky earth music video 
And it's oh, yeah. like so bad. <laughs> it's like, of all the projects you could do to seem fun, you add one line to like this terrible size. It's for it's you know for for charity, so it's you know whatever. But um, and that's the thing. It was for charity. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't yeah, even exactly. It's, like, it's whereas, not even just like he he, he like Tom Dickie. Hanks in that um Carly uh, Rae Jepsen yeah. video. Like that's hilarious and yeah, and it's a great song. Human and fun and cool. <laughs> yeah. Um and the. The only other two things where I've been like, oh, that's, that's nice. Well, three, okay. I'm going to say three things that, that three times with Leo, like it's a almost, lot of things, Richard. Um, so one was <laughs> there's, a, there's a photo of him um, where he like pulls his cap down and runs up to Jonah Hill pretending to be a paparazzi. Um, and that's quite funny. Uh, two, there was like, they were swimming, in the, he was swimming in the ocean with Jonah Hill and um, he kept his t-shirt on because Jonah Hill was obviously sensitive, was sensitive about his body and he didn't want to make her feel left out. And it's like, he seemed, he's, maybe, maybe he's a good friend. Three, um, <laughs> I've forgotten the third, but I just thought of another one. Um, uh, SNL, right? Yeah, SNL when he's um, when he when Jonah Hill's hosting and he comes out and does the I'm flying Jack. Oh my gosh, so I'm you're, you're basically the only things that make you like him is, is his how friendship he, with Jonah Hill, how he's a friend to a like chubby guy who's a bit insecure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could relate to him finally, um, but like those, those are the only times of like humanity, and it like you know, some people are like that, you know, they, they keep their private life private and they don't want to show these kind of this side of them but um so thinking of leonardo DiCaprio as most iconic roles i mean the, the the kind of obvious one would be like titanic but as i say i don't really have that many issues with like a lot of stuff and, and my biggest issue with his acting is every time he yells he sounds like he's in titanic like his voice goes into this complete other register every time he yells right. and he yells in all of his films so like django unchained or like the revenant when he's supposed to be quite gritty and he yells and he sounds like a 17 year old kid um the only <laughs> film where he doesn't do this where he yells and sounds like an, an adult man is my favorite leonardo DiCaprio performance which is the wolf of wall street which is actually the one i'm going to be recasting um oh, shit but because i've always said that uh jake gyllenhaal is like the the what the world thinks of Leonardo DiCaprio, I think of Jake Gyllenhaal. That it's like he's never been nominated for an Oscar, let alone you know never won. Um, and he he just seems like such a cool dude. He's willing to like take on roles like Mysterio, and he's willing to he, take on girlfriends that are older than twenty five. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we're, yeah. Um, and so, but looking back through Leo's roles, I think Wolf of Wall Street is the one that would most suit Jake Gyllenhaal. Not not saying not even necessarily saying that it suits Jake more than Leo, but it's I think that's gap. the one where you can. It's a gap most... in Jake Gyllenhaal's career that he hasn't done a movie or a performance like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, and like, and like the, the, of... the inti- well, he he has a lot of like very intense roles and yeah, like um, Prince of Egypt. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, Prince of Persia. Yeah. Damn it, damn it, um, damn it, <laughs> damn it! That would have been a good joke. Um, but yeah, like I, I can imagine that's a role I can really imagine him in. Um, but as I. I want to recast a different role with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, oh, what? Because, uh, because as I say, the my issues with him come from more roles he hasn't played. Um, and so I would like to, another one of my favorite actors, uh, recast Edward Norton in Birdman with Leonardo DiCaprio. That, like if he'd done that role, mm. I would like Leo a lot more. Mm. Um, because subverting the subverting the concept of the podcast, yeah, yeah without very, telling us, very cool. Um, yeah, like if Leo had come in and played an actor who like desperately wants to win an award, yeah, um, and is like finally br- is branching out of movies and takes on the which isn't you know the plot of the film, but um, 
takes on this role on a Broadway play, but um, na- and with just naked a ambition to, to be, be around, seen, yeah, yeah, to and, be and, seen and as serious, takes and- himself so seriously, and like this role was Edward Norton taking the piss out of himself, and Edward Norton, someone who's notoriously very difficult to work with, taking on this role kind of shows um, that he's aware of that in some way, and um, I would, yeah, I'd love to see leo take on a role like that like if if in the next few years leo does take on a role like that but he's very selective with his roles he's like because um once upon a time in hollywood's his first film in like three or four years um if he takes on a role like that i will start to like him yeah but because my my problem just comes with that the the other um, role i said uh, that i was thinking could potentially replace leo and is uh recast him in the beach with your mcgregor and then you don't have the like 15 year feud between your mcgregor and danny boyle mm. i was and also they I may not have destroyed um the kopipi island in thailand because of because the beach was so popular because of leo's personal popularity at the time yeah exactly yeah. and whereas if it was just a a pretty shitty Danny Boyle movie to be honest um starring Leo <laughs> uh, starring um Ewan McGregor you know but like the production did do irreversible damage to the island and now that island is completely shut to the public as of like this year yeah um but it's because people keep going there and littering and stuff like that um but yeah because yeah Danny Boyle and Ewan McGregor didn't work together for years because I think Ewan was originally cast in it and then he was like oh actually no I want Leo now because he's and, got like the profile after Titanic yeah and, and um, the Iron Danny Mask. Boyle said that getting the rights to um the Beatles songs and yesterday is the second most expensive thing he's ever had to do for a film the first was get leo <laughs> um all right cool. so on to round yeah. two these ones will be quicker i imagine yeah this the, my next one i have not got much um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that was good though richard i i appreciate that i think i agree with a lot of your ideas um thank you <laughs> ideas m- my my second one is um, a bit more of a, you know, Jared Leto's the main actor I hate. And then I was like, who else do I even? <laughs> so um, I think that Jennifer Love Hewitt is a pretty terrible actress. That's such an interesting choice. I I, I do not have an opinion on her. <laughs> that, but that, I think that's that's the reason, like hearing you say that, AJ, I'm like, oh, yeah, actually. Well, that's why he's so yeah. sexist. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember when I was like 11 and Ghost Whisperer would be on TV and I'd be like, God, this woman is trash at acting. It's, it's, it's like a very dramatic role that I don't think she pulls off. And and then like watching, I know he did last summer recently, she's pretty terrible on that as well. So like those are the, the main kind of angles I'm going from here. I know you did last summer too. I still know what you did last summer. Would be you guys' least favorite film. Because it has both of them in it. It has Jake Lane <laughs> yeah, as well. True. Uh, so, this is less a specific role and more like her career. Just <laughs> an eraser from film history. I can give I can give specific roles as well. Let's let's go. Um, I know he did last summer, and then imagine that that would lead into roles like Ghost Whisperer and things down right, the line. Sure. I think the good actress version of um, Jennifer Love Hewitt is Linda Cardellini, and. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy Linda Cardellini. I think she's 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 in a lot of movies and and things that are beneath her, and she could do a lot better. And I think, I think while at least at the height of her fame, Jennifer Love Hewitt was more or less a household name. I feel like Linda Cardellini has never got the household name moniker. She's a household face, I would say, but she's yeah. not a household name. And I think that's really sad because I definitely think she deserves it. A household um, she- face, a household. F- <laughs> She is. 
you could show uh, you could show a photo of her to like yeah. most households, and they'll yeah, be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I know her from." No, I get, I get what you mean, but it's just like I was just thinking like a face plastered on the outside of a house. Like, <laughs> yes, this is our household mm. face. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so Linda Cardellini's kind of breakout role was in Freaks and Geeks. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that's kind of like yes. what her big first thing was. And so that's her playing like an outcast teenager, which I think um, would have lent itself really well to I Know He Did Last Summer. And this is me saying that without looking up which came out first. So I'm just gunning, going for it, going for it strong here and assuming Summer came out after Freaks and Geeks. Maybe it didn't. <clears throat> um but I think that it's a very different kind of teenage role that that um the main that Jennifer Love Hewitt's character in. I know he did last summer is so, and I think it would be cool for, to see um two very different uh, performances by the same actress. Um, and then you know maybe she gets eventually down the road gets to be in, in the main character in Ghost Whisperer mm. because of this. Uh, I mean, and, Jennifer but, Love Hewitt plays um Valma and Hawkeye's wife, and then ends yeah. up in the Oscar-winning Green Book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, you but, fool. But, <laughs> but seriously, like, and and like the, the her her working. If she if if Linda Cardellini had been in, I know he did last summer. Maybe her chemistry with um, Freddie Prince Jr. in the Scooby Doo movies would be a little bit better. I don't know. Not that I have any specific problem with that. But <laughs> and I, then and Matthew this- Lillard should have played um, <laughs> some Dude, other character. No, go on, go on. Summer. Tell us who he should have played. <laughs> I don't know, I can't think of another character. The thing, what's really interesting about, like, just thinking about why these two actresses had such different trajectories. I mean, like, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt was a child actress and she was basically, and and it kind of makes me think about sort of the creepy undertones of the way that women are treated in Hollywood. Because Mm -hmm. I think she was a child actress who, as soon as she became like 12, similar to Natalie Portman, like, it was like, oh, she's going to be hot. Like yeah, there was yeah. a sense, I think there's a sense from movie producers and casting directors and stuff like that. Like, oh, this is a, a pretty young thing. It's sort sexualized from a young yeah, age. And, yeah. And so mm. I think, and, and she's gorgeous. Like, and, and all through, you see that the roles that she took when she was in her late teens, like 16, 17, like she is definitely, she's there because she looks really great on the cover of like TV hits magazine and stuff like that. Like she's, yeah. she's a cover girl. She's one of those aspirational teenage girls who the industry want to go like, you should be like this girl. You could be like this girl. So therefore watch her. Um, yeah. And so I think that as she grows up, it's like people want her because she's the face of the release of a movie because she's already well known and she's an aspirational kind of image that casting directors think, oh, well, you know, and then because she's an industry figure of that age group, she then, I think producers just look for projects that they can work with her on because she's got this cachet already of like, you know, she's got an audience, a presumed audience out yeah. there w- without actually thinking about, is she talented? And then you've got Linda Cardellini whose breakout came out with freaks and geeks and even though she's actually quite beautiful her role in freaks and geeks was as a geek like oh sorry as one of the sorry as one of the freaks right um like she's the unattractive opposite to the attractive girls in that show and so she in in casting people's minds like she's in that role as like the not attractive girl mm-hmm. and so she doesn't get thought yeah, of they as need the to leading... they need to see scooby-doo two monsters unleashed because yeah well and, and that's the thing like you if, if you just looked at her like not with the knowledge of what she's played before she totally could play any of those you know good looking girl lead roles protagonists whatever in the industry yeah. but because of where she started i don't think she got elevated into that kind of level of she could be the beautiful aspirational leading lady 
Yeah, and as as I've said this, I've kind of realized as well that what I'm doing is being like, let's take all of Linda Cardellini's real interesting um, and nuanced roles that she's played and instead make her play all these shitty roles that Jennifer Love Hewitt has played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I really like Linda Cardellini and, and, I, and I was like, yep, that'll do for a second one. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh Jeremy, what have you got for a second one? Sweet. So I really don't like watching Kirsten Dunst. Um, mm-hmm. there's a few roles that she's done where I'm like, she's perfect for that. Spider-Man. Um, no, uh, but like, there's just, there's, there's a sort of self, Fargo. there's yeah. a self-consciousness that I feel in her acting where she's, I don't know. And, and I think it's just she's a lot of how you fright for the throat <laughs> where she, you know, I don't know. It's just, and she's got the tiny teeth and. Just- no wonder she's so insecure, Jeremy. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst listened to this. She's like, oh, he knows he knows exactly the truth. She's like, oh, I hope he doesn't mention my tiny teeth. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and I think that there's there's a severity to her performances that lend, lend really well to her roles and stuff like melancholia and stuff that, and like interesting dramatic projects that she's done later on that I think mm-hmm. are at odds with her kind of like the, the roles like Mary Jane, where she's the sort of the every girl. I think that she's got a, a look and a vibe as an actress that really lend themselves to stuff like what she did in the beguiled, um, where she's playing this and, and even kind of interview with a vampire. Like, you know, she's playing someone who whose looks are sort of treacherous and there's something deeper and darker lurking underneath. And I never quite mm-hmm. bought her kind of, cheesy all-american roles yeah it, it's it's really interesting i um because kirsten dance is kind of she's one that she's had a bit of a career revival especially with like fargo and she put on weight for fargo and she's now kind of like because she's got this new body shape she and she's and she's older as well she she looks like a new type of character and i'm really enjoying her in those roles mm. yeah mm. yeah um so I and I think that like uh, early on in her career, she had those kind of edgier. Um, she made a name for herself playing those kind of edgier roles, and I, I think that on, she yeah. would have been absolutely perfect in. Again, I'm I'm kind of recasting her into better roles than the ones right. she played because I think that she did get sort of typecast for some reason into the sort of like Bring It Ons and Spider Man, yeah. um, which I don't think she was right for. I Elizabeth think if she played Town? Mira Sorvino's character in American Beauty, that would have been oh, way yeah. better. Because I think that that's the kind of cheerleader mm-hmm. that she actually M- should be playing. That should that she, she should be playing rather than the cheerleader and bring it on. I don't think that that necessarily sat as right. well. Right. So so yeah, you you're, you're recasting her as a character with a bit more of an edge. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, because I don't know if you've seen. I don't think you've seen the Beguiled, um, which was a really great movie uh, that came me. out two years ago. Sophia Coppola. <laughs> I've seen every movie. <laughs> Genuinely, with the number of movies that you have watched this year, I, I feel like you must have seen every movie. <laughs> yep, I've seen like um, the other day where there's the tragedies that happen in America. Um, that this on the same day, I celebrated my 250th um, movie of the year that the US um, marked their 250th mass shooting. That's an interesting pick. parallel. Yeah. It's yeah. an interesting parallel. That's what I'm doing with my life. Um, it's correlation, not causation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back Every on time track. I watch um, movies. <laughs> so I think um, I would like to reply. I think Kirsten Dunst, the sort of the archetype of the film that I think that she's inappropriate for is her role in Spider-Man 
um, right. in 2002. Uh, and then the Spider-Mans after that, um, or just the one after that, right? Because then she dies. Yes. No. No. You think of She's Queen Stacy and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I would like to replace Kirsten Dunst with Michelle Williams um, because I think that uh-huh. she... Another Spider-Man love interest. <laughs> Spider-Verse love interest. She's in Venom. She's in Venom. Oh, of course. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, I never associate those two for some reason. Anyway, I, I think that at, especially at that stage of her career, she 100% fit that like, girl next door kind of Ameri- yeah, man. American kind of feel. It was um, Dawson's Creek kind of era. And interestingly enough, she and Kirsten Dunst had done a film a few years before that called Dick, um, which is basically um, where they um, where they were in the White House. Um, yeah. And they they were like on a tour, on a high school tour of the White House during N- Richard Nixon's yeah, like yeah. era as the president, and they like ran into him and like yeah anyway yeah so I just yeah I would I you think also Michelle- um, recast James Vanderbeek as Spider Man? <laughs> was that actually a thing? No, I'm just saying like okay. you know the Dawson's Creek era. No, Joshua can- Jackson, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Pacey man, I'm Pacey man for life. <laughs> he almost played Spider Man. I know. That's terrifying. If, like, if Leo had played Spider Man, I would probably love him just as like leftover goodwill from playing Spider Man. Have you have you heard the the rumor as well that um the reason Jake Lloyd was cast as young Anakin in Phantom Menace mm. is because he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio and they wanted to get him for older Anakin? Yeah, in the sequels. Oh my gosh, that yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, sweet. So. Nice Michelle Williams in Spider Man. Yeah. Does anyone have any like objections? Um, I just want to commend us all. I think we've all done a really good job of finding the the premium version of all the actors we're trying to replace. Um, yeah, at I've least got, in those specific roles. Yeah, I've got a real interesting one for my last one. I'm um, prepared to be interested. So, like, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty left field choice. But okay, so for my. Uh, a little bit of backstory so for this i was like obviously i have to do leo because i'm on the record as like hating leo even though like you know i still look forward to his movies and stuff like that um but then i was trying to think of like what's another actor i I don't like and then i was like well there's a role i don't like um is that i real don't like kobe smolders as maria hill in um the marvel cinematic universe and then i was like oh i can just say i hate her as an actress because i hate everyone associated with the how many mother finale um because to this day it's one of the worst pieces of media i've ever consumed um (laughs) but and then i was like trying to recast her and i thought like i had um i had a few written down like anne hathaway because they're like the same age um and then she would have been in the avengers and um dark knight rises in the same year and um who else? I wrote it down. Let me just pull it up. I, I'm, this isn't even my one. Do you cash out for Anne Hathaway for Maria Hill though? Yeah, that's the thing. And so, but they're my other two options. I've got an idea, which though. I've just looked at and then forgot. Um, uh, is <laughs> to go with like TV comedians as well. Um, so you get like Tina Fey as Maria Hill or Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, is, man. Elizabeth Banks is probably like the the you know attainable but also like good thing. But then I literally I woke up in the middle of the night last <laughs> night and thought. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this the impact of the podcast on your life? Like, you're just like literally <laughs> yeah. up in the middle of the night um, worrying about what you're going to say. Because I was like, oh, Kobe Smolders. Is and I wasn't really attached to any of their replacements. But then I was like, wait a minute. My second choice is James Corden. Of course oh, it's fucking I James did, Corden. I thought of James Corden, but then I was like, he hasn't had any iconic roles. Okay. I couldn't so this is this is would- what I'm doing for him. So I'm picking uh, just as a, like 
we don't need to go into why we hate James Corden as well. Like it's it's, it's good for time. Purposes. Everyone should know. Everyone hates James. Everyone should hate James Corden. Um, <laughs> but this what he's become now, especially with like his quote unquote popularity because of like Carpool Karaoke and and the Late Late Show. But um, how he pops up in movies now, and the example I'm going to use is Ocean's Eight, and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to recast that role with Sam Rockwell. Which is like Sam Rockwell by no means is like the equivalent to Sam, um, to <laughs> James Corden, but I think just a, a much more interesting choice. A Sam Rockwell would work in the role he plays in um, Ocean's Eight, but I think Sam Rockwell is the like is is the image of what James Corden thinks he is. Like Sam Rockwell is as cool and attractive and fun and, fun and lights up a, a scene. In the same way that James Corden thinks he does, thinks James Corden, and does. apparently casting directors thinks he does. Yeah, um, would you so, would you give um, Sam Rockwell his own late night talk show? Yeah, I would. can Sam Rockwell sing? <laughs> uh, I think so. He can dance. Can James Corden sing? Yeah, James Corden can actually sing. <laughs> yeah, James, he's James he's James not Corden a great did. singer. The thing is, he thinks he's a great singer. <laughs> yeah, and, that's and the casting thing. directors All right, let's, let's, and casting directors think he's a great dudes, singer as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, like, like he can definitely hold a tune, and, he, and he's been in a few musicals. But yeah, like um, he was on, he did a segment on a show where it was like um, Queen, like front man off with Adam Lambert, where they like both take, where he says that he's a better Queen front man than Adam Lambert, and they both like take turns singing Queen songs, and it's done like people would be as excited to hear James Corden sing these songs as they would to hear Adam Lambert um and like so james corden sings a lot more um and but yeah i thought that was that was an interesting choice because starting with the the place of oceans eight i was like oh who else would work in that role i thought sam rockwell but then i was like just give all of these like james corden cameos to sam rockwell Mm -hmm. even though he's not british yeah yeah peter rabbit oh my gosh Um, i would like to to make an alternate suggestion for uh oceans eight's James yep. Corden's recast. You could recast James Corden in Ocean's Eight uh, with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, yes. that, this character's so so superfluous to the story. And, the whole and beat. I prefer, yeah, yeah, and I prefer no character in that place. That, that's James a, that's a good um, James Corden recast. James recast James Corden in every role with nothing. Dear God, yeah. please recast James Corden in his life with nothing. <laughs> okay, but a a what you know the Peter Rabbit movie. Yeah. I didn't see it, but Just I don't was make it. kind of like <laughs> I was watching when I saw the trailers. I was like, Peter Rabbit's style is not James Corden. I would like I James would, Corden's very. Yeah, I used to love Peter Rabbit. Growing yeah, well, because the thing is, Peter, like that. That's the whole thing with it. I mean, my my wife is an absolute huge fit. No, no, don't do it. Um, she's an absolute <laughs> massive fan of Beatrix Potter. Like in our nursery, it's already set up at home. She's got yeah. the full like bookshelf of Beatrix Potter books like set up that she's had from childhood and she when she saw the the Peter Rabbit trailer she almost cried because she was like they this isn't Peter Rabbit this is in no way anything to do with Peter Rabbit basically I what I would do is I'd recast I'd recast James Corden and Peter Rabbit with with Ewan McGregor I think he'd be great yeah yeah and plus you know Farmer McGregor Anyway, yeah. yeah um, well, I was gonna, I was gonna further go and say like recast Peter Rabbit and recast James Corden and Peter Rabbit with no one, and have just a real humble, quiet movie where the animals don't talk. Yeah, like the Red Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yes, because you know, in, in all the Beatrix Potter books, the, the the animals famously do not talk with each other. Yeah, I don't actually know what I'm talking about, and I'm like, he does wear a little coat, so he probably talks as well. Yeah, recast him with um, Ben Whishaw and just make um, Paddington, but with a rabbit. <laughs> well, that feels like what the Peter Rabbit movies were trying to do. Was what well, I, I think when they were greenlit, that's what they were going to do. But then they ended up making yeah. James Corden movie. Um, when they should have made a Sam Rockwell movie. Um, anyway, oh, that's yeah. all we've got time oh, for. No, we do have time for one more thing. Well, we don't I really, would just like to make a play anyway. for replacing Kobe Smulders with Elijah, uh, Elijah Dushku. Elijah Dushku. Uh, yeah, I could I could get behind that. Elijah Dusku. <laughs> Elijah Mushku or something. Um, I, I actually quite like Tina Fey as Maria Hill. I think I it would too. be stunt casting, though. Like, in a, in yeah. a way of like, oh, it's a Tina Fey moment. Kobe Smulders, dude. Well, no, yeah, but like Kobe at Smulders the peak of um, How uh, Mother. But yeah, I actually, and I think Elizabeth Banks is probably the, like, this is, she, she probably, I wouldn't be surprised if she was their second choice. If if they replaced Kobe Smalls with Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks, that means in Spider-Man Far From Home, two on-screen Betty Brants would have been in the same movie together. <laughs> yeah. She played Betty Brant in Spider-Man. Um, in the original in the original trench. Ah, um, yeah. and also Betty Brant um is in Spider Man Far From Home. She's Ned's girlfriend. Is she's the high school reporter instead of a real a real news. Yeah. Secretary. Anyway, this really took a um. How just are you crawling guys? our way to the finish line? <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. Uh, who's your least favorite actor? And uh, mm. what's what what role would you recast them in, audience? Um. I think one thing about this is like. Doing this, uh, you, there's actors you don't like for whatever reason, and then actually finding a role and who would be better to play it is kind of difficult. They're like, especially when you get someone like um, Jack Black, mm. because often these actors will have like one iconic role that's like, yeah. th- it's made for them. They have know? a type. And, and yeah. this is one of the things that I was thinking about in terms of the wider discussion while I was trying to think of um you know this whole this whole premise yeah is that like there are several reasons why you don't like an actor and one of them is that you get um kind of like role fatigue i think mm. whereas you may have really enjoyed them in the first one because it was kind of this breakout kind of oh that's really different i haven't mm. seen this type of thing and you think it's really good acting but then as they go through other roles and they get given other opportunities and in, and they're not even in like the movies where they're just the movie's been made to give that kind of role a role, yeah. but they get sort of shoehorned into a movie because the directors or the producers want to sort of capture some of the star power and the zeitgeistiness of what that person's doing in entertainment yeah. at the moment. And Jack Black's a perfect example of that if you look at something like High Fidelity. Yeah, exactly. It's like this is why this is why he's had his whole career. And so over time, you get a role fatigue of going like, I'm so sick of watching this person do the same thing over and over again, yeah. and I kind of now just see them as the actor who they are rather than the part they're playing and that's the thing with leo as well in your mind i think is that leo's like quite famously one of those actors that for me he can disappear into a role and i'm not sitting there being like it's leo but if you go into a movie and and go oh man i can't stand leonardo dicaprio it takes you a long time to get past the it's Leonardo DiCaprio doing a thing on and a soundstage. Wolf of Wall Street's the only film to do that for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like for me, George Clooney is one of those actors who I just can never not see him as George Clooney, like with millions of dollars and a super hot, like human rights, yeah. amazing wife. But the, but then when you see George Clooney in that role, like something like Up in the Air, it suits it really, really well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Whereas in The Descendants, when he's playing this schlubby down on his luck guy yeah. who's lost his wife and he's supposed to be really sad, I'm like, you're not sad, you're George Clooney. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and I mean another uh, sort of like 
similar situation that, that what you guys are talking about has reminded me of is when Zombieland came out and Jesse Eisenberg was still not, you know, world famous and everyone was like, this he's doing a, it's Michael, it's, uh, you know, Pepsi Michael Cera. Yeah. But then you look at Michael Cera's career and Jesse Eisenberg's career now, and I think Jesse Eisenberg has proven himself to be, if the, at the very least, a more diverse and ranged actor than Michael Cera. Mm. Um, yeah. Not that I think either of them are bad. But yeah, yeah, another sort of example. Of and Michael Cera is another classic, classic example of the getting role fatigue, but then you go back and like watch their first role and you're like, like Arrested Development, and you're like, oh, I can see why he was able to make an yeah, entire yeah. career out of just doing this. Yeah. Just establish an entire genre of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. And, and, and then other movies were like, let's get Michael Cera, and then they couldn't get Michael Cera, and you can just see them like kind of slot other actors in to do the Michael Cera thing. Yeah. All right, good stuff, man. We um really... Uh, got a little burst of energy at the end there and um i gotta go to work so uh, jeremy you've got plans um aj we love aj you. you'll sit I'm here and edit in- this i'm going back to bed yeah. <laughs> all right uh so thank you for listening to this podcast if you did listen to it all the way through uh and if you didn't well how, how are you this. hearing this <laughs> uh yeah so let us know in the comments below um what you think your least favorite actor is and who you would recast them with uh and yeah. then uh make sure to smash that like button and uh hit me yeah. up on facebook Twitter. youtube uh, acast subscribe uh, itunes or apple podcasts is it called yeah um twitter instagram we're on all the places at cop pop or you can email us at cop option media at gmail.com please genuinely i want to hear people's recast because yeah. this is a fun little game and then uh it's a fun exercise. check us out next time when we um recast each other's favorite actors with uh, bad actors <laughs> Re- recasting recasting our favorite roles with our least favorite actors <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jared Leto is the Joker. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.